It is a very good afternoon. It is at Nile Boylan with you for the next hour or so. Live here on the podcast. Don't forget, by the way, we encourage you to try and support us as much as you possibly can. As much as you possibly can. Don't forget, you can grab all the previous podcasts and they're all available on our website. Free of charge, by the way. You can download them. You can listen to them free of charge. You can go to all the usual places, Spotify, iTunes, wherever it is you normally go for your podcast. They're all available there. I think we've done about 100 so far in the last three months and they're all available free of charge. Don't forget, if you want to watch any of the videos or the previous videos of the podcast, particularly those where we might have had a Zoom interview and also interviews that we haven't actually streamed live, there are some exclusive ones there. You can go to the website. To do that, you need to subscribe to the website and you can just click the subscribe button and do that there. All right, uh, a lot of things to talk about. Now, somebody suggested to me that we should be talking about Israel and Palestine. And to be honest with you, I don't want to talk about it. And the reason I don't want to talk about it is because it saddens me when I watch these videos over the weekend of people, innocent people being murdered, children, um, women, children, men, all being murdered in the name of war. And I think, you know, people picking sides, this whole idea of, oh, pick a side now. I don't need to pick a side. War is sad. It's tragic. Murder is sad and it's tragic. It doesn't matter what side somebody is on. Nobody needs to die or innocent people shouldn't be dying. We will try and cover it maybe a little bit later on during the week, but I will get experts on or people on who know a bit more about it than I do in the history of that war since the Second World War. Um, it is a religious war, as you all well know, anyway. Anyway, we will get around to talking about it during the week, but needless to say, all I can say is I can condemn. Somebody said to me earlier on, no, will you condemn one side or the other? I condemn neither. I condemn all war. I condemn all violence and I condemn all murder. And that's the same goes for every war. It's needless and it's pointless. Anyway, moving on. Um, what we wanted to talk about today was, um, there was an interesting video went around at the weekend, and this was a Conservative Party conference in the UK. Now, as you know, the Conservative or the Tory government are in power. Um, there could be an election probably in the next year or so. Um, it's not due till 2025, but it could be called sooner than that. But it was interesting what the Home Secretary or the Health Secretary had to say in relation to the more recent... I suppose, pronoun. <laughs> Some people laugh on most people it's a virus that people have to use pronouns. You don't have to use pronouns if you don't want to. Anyway, have a quick listen to what he said first and then I'll ask you the question I'm going to ask you. So this is the, uh, the UK Health Secretary, Steve Barclay. And this is what he said in relation to healthcare in the NHS. Deliver the long-term change the NHS needs. We need a relentless focus on patient outcomes. And that means prioritising frontline resources. It does not mean spending huge sums of taxpayers' money on diversity consultants or hiring bloated internal diversity and inclusion teams. And it does not mean ignoring patient voices, especially women's voices, when it comes to the importance of biological sex in healthcare. If we do not get this right now, the long-term consequences could be very serious for the protection of women and future generations. And conference, I know as conservatives, we know what a woman is. And I know the vast majority, and the vast majority of NHS staff and patients do too. That is why I ordered a reversal of unacceptable changes to the NHS website that erased references to women for conditions such as cervical cancer and stopped the NHS ordering staff to declare pronouns to each new patient. And that is why today I am going further by announcing that we will change the NHS constitution following a consultation later this year to make sure we respect the privacy 
dignity and safety of all patients, recognise the importance of different biological needs and protect the rights of women. He did go on to say that, and it's been in the papers all week in Britain, that he will be banning transgender women from women's spaces within the hospital setting. So I'm, I'm assuming that's for maternity care, um, cervical cancer, all those things. And that also those things will be there for biological women only and be referred to as biological women. Now, he has promised to reverse the tide of the ideological inclusive language in the NHS. And the NHS website um, uses words like chest feeding or having a baby if you're LGBT sec in the having a baby if you're in the LGBT section it's targeted at trans and non-binary patients who have given birth and in other words words as well I, I'm looking here at some of the words that they kind of use um, sort of maternity service they recommend the care provided to women babies and families throughout pregnancy should be known as per, uh, parental services or perinatal services a mother should be referred to as a female parent now known as a birthing parent a father, a male parent, now known simply as a parent, co-parent, or second biological parent. Uh, breastfeeding should also be referred to as chest feeding or feeding with human milk. Um, it also says expectant mothers, a woman who is currently pregnant, should now be known as a pregnant person or pregnant people. A vagina, a muscular tube that connects the woman's outer sex organs to the uterus, should now be known as a bonus hole. Interesting. A, a vaginal birth, they say in delivery, uh, the delivery of a baby through the vagina should now be known as a frontal birth or lower birth and not a vaginal birth to protect those who may not be biological women. An adult, also a woman, should be referred to an adult female, now known as a patient of childbearing age. Anyone who has a cervix should be referred to as a person with a cervix. And uh, people who are having periods should be referred to a person having periods and not a woman having periods or a woman with ovaries. It's all very mad, really, to be honest with you. And he has promised to reverse all of this. Now, this is, by the way, this is the text from their own website, the NHS. And taking one look, by the way, at the HSE website, it reflects that as well. The HSE website, even when it talks about, say, you know, um, employee risk assessment, they refer to um, pregnant people or pregnant employees, not women. And they, when it talks about cervical cancer, it talks to pe about people with a cervix. It doesn't refer to women with a cervix. It refers to people with a cervix. When it talks about menstruation, it also talks about people with periods. So you can look at all that. It's all on the HSE website. And more recently, of course, I have had doctors on the radio talking to me and refer to people who are pregnant. I even had a prominent politician, Ivana Bacic, turned around to me and she called them pregnant people. She used the words pregnant people, not, pre not a woman who was pregnant. So this language, of course, is becoming more common. But he has promised to remove this language and is, is imploring people within the NHS to not use this pronoun language anymore. And also, of course, the LGBTQ community in the UK are outraged at the fact that he said trans, more or less, he's saying that trans people are not welcome within women's spaces within hospitals. I want to know how you feel about that. Is it wrong? Is it not inclusive? And maybe you feel it should be more inclusive and there's nothing wrong with inclusivity. In other words, if you don't want to use the pronouns, you don't have to. Let me know what you think. The number, as I said before, is 85 55 That's 85 122.55. Let me go to Stephen first. I'll come to Carl and Eileen then as well. Stephen, hi, how are you? Fine, thanks. Uh, Stephen, I mean, Steve Barkley, which, look, he's Tory party, they're Conservative. The Labour Party and Keir Starmer are very different in their views. 
Um, but they're not in power and most likely probably not going to get into power. But he's going to roll back on everything the NHS has done over the last three or four years when it comes to inclusivity or recommendations by the LGBT community. Um, is he wrong? That's not an e- as easy a question to ask as uh, are things going backwards, for example. Yeah, simply he's not... He's not actually kind of realizing why any of the changes were made. Are some of the changes, you know, far outside of kind of rational thinking? Uh, Yeah, a little bit. It does go a little bit far. But at the same point, it is simply to include this very small percentage of the population that are identifying as trans men who also are still capable of having children. You know, Mm -hmm. trans people in general are not a threat to anybody in society. More or more, more otherwise, it's the other way around. In that, but is is it not a threat in the language we use? Because women have fought for a hundred years to be included, uh, be it in the (laughs) workplace and treated equally, and yet we see, you know, that a health service like the HSE and the NHS practically eradicate the word woman from their websites by using the word person. We don't see man being eradicated, but we see woman being eradicated. Now, I understand there are trans men who may give birth. I get that. And they're, mind you, they're few and far between. But there may be trans mm. people who give birth. But in saying that, you know, their biological parts are still that of a female. They should still be, you know, I'm not saying referred to as female, but treated as female because that is their biological parts. But he doesn't want biological men ending up in women's wards. And that's really what he's kind of saying here, isn't it? Well, then you don't let a male nurse or doctor anywhere near a woman's ward either. But at the same point, you know, your biology does not determine your identity. And well, that's your view. You, that's your view. Sense, is... That's fine. But at, at the end of the day, uh, oh, at a point, it's gone now. The wording's gone from. But anyway, the what were we saying? I mean, your biological. You said your biological sex doesn't um, reflect your your identity. But many will believe the two are intrinsically linked, particularly when you're talking about a hospital setting. Because if you have a hospital setting and you have somebody who identifies as a woman, but they're actually a man, you could have a misdiagnosis quite easily. Or the opposite way around, you could have a misdiagnosis very easily. I mean, for example, I saw an individual go in. Uh, it was a trans woman, for whatever reason, decided they may have been pregnant. They couldn't be pregnant, obviously. But they decided they may have been. They just wanted to be treated like a woman. Went in and gave a urine test. And it was a, it was a fake video. But the doctor didn't know that, and and they they he basically used somebody else's urine who was pregnant, and the doctor just went along with it for the sake of political correctness, rather than if it actually is a man, a man's urine test coming back positive for pregnancy means he has mm-hmm. cancer, means he has cancer, so it should have been treated as such. But because of political correctness, the doctor was afraid to say anything because this person was identifying as a woman. So what I'm saying is, I know that's quite complicated, but what I'm saying and very rare. What I'm saying is, you know, we have to, when you're in a hospital setting, you must be, treat people biologically as what they are. Absolutely. And that's why the whole thing, I think it was uh, a woman's cancer charity or something, was urging people to go and get their prostate checked because... That was bizarre. Trans, it's not bizarre. As you're, you're just saying that we should treat people according to their biological sex and certain biological sexes have certain needs and, you know, tests that can be that are relevant to them obviously 
somebody who is assigned male at birth thinking that they're pregnant is more a question of, you know, they're trying to figure out what is their, their psychological status. Yes. Uh, but it could also just be that they wanted a little bit of attention and affirmation that, that they are a woman and the potentiality is possibly there Look at the negative comments on the Marie Keating Foundation when they put out that tweet yeah. in relation to, you know, people with a prostate. It's not, I mean, everybody knows it's not people with a prostate. It's men have prostates. People assign male at birth based on their anatomy, on, their out, on the outside, because we don't check babies for prostates if they have a penis. But we know, yeah. we know men have prostates. We know women don't have it. Yeah, they just skin gland. is a completely different thing altogether. Yeah, mm. I know that. And, uh, and doctors should know that. And that's the whole reason. They were just saying that there are going to be trans people out there with prostates that should go and get their prostates checked. It would be the same as a men's cancer charity going along and saying, listen, if you feel a lump in any part of your body, go and get it looked at. That's inclusive of any person, of any body, well, of well, any well, well, hold on for a second. Men can get, can and get breast cancer. Yeah, but men... Oh, they men, can do, yes. Yeah. But, but, you, but men, okay, any but, person should go and get a lump checked. Yeah, but they, but you wouldn't turn around and say men should go have a, and have a cervical screening. Because they can't, because they don't have a vagina. No, because they would only refer to a trans man in that particular case if they hadn't had surgery. Stay there just for a second. Let me go to Carl as well. Carl Dieter. Uh, Carl, good afternoon to you. How you doing? Um, Carl, I mean, the NHS have been accused of being insensitive and undoing everything that has been done in reference to inclusive language uh, when they're now banning trans women uh, from female wards and also requesting that staff stop using pronoun identities for patients. Whatever. I don't think most people care. You know, the NHS don't seem to be as fixated on delivering a healthcare uh, service that gives good results. Uh, I mean, they seem to care more about, you know, pronouns than they do about digitizing the service. And in Ireland, it's no different. The HSE is the same. There, there was an article in the Irish Examiner on the 30th of September, and the digital sh chief of the HSE thought he had died and gone to hell in trying to get them to, to come ahead, that they're decades behind in the adaptation of technology, quote, he was left working with Victorian-like tools, and yet they're, they're all about, you know, this kind of stuff. So I think, I think really what they need to do is say, you know, we keep spending billions of money that we don't have. And there's some price, by the way, to, to managing these kinds of programs about the language and, you know. The, the workshops, yeah, they have the workshops on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah. How's about stop doing that and actually fix the problem that you have? Stop, you know, focusing on this stuff that is so minority. And, and people say, oh, yeah, but minorities count. Of course they count. No one's saying that they don't. You know, but it's always the issue of trans women looking to get into regular women's spaces. We never hear that much about trans men. Perhaps maybe men are more accepting when it comes to this, or they don't care, or the balance of power is that they don't have the same issue with non-biological men that women have with non-biological women. You know, but this is, this is basically a social ruse designed to take us away from looking at what actually matters, which is a healthcare system that helps people become you know, healthy again. And they're, they're focused on this as if that is the health. That's not healthcare. That's some kind of weird language police being adopted by radical leftists who are, you know, sadly chopped throughout various systems, in particular within the education system and academia. We know that. And what I love about the conservatives is they are pushing back on this and saying, you know, this doesn't represent the way that most regular people think. There is a massive divide in the way that people think. And we are not going to adopt 
you know, what is effectively a radical ideology that a man can be a woman just because you're upset about it. And, and, and but, I but, get the but, whole but, thing but, but I understand what, but, but, yeah, but, but hang on, Carl. I understand what Stephen's saying. And as a member of the LGBT community himself, I mean, he's saying, you know, that the LGBT community have fought for this inclusive language to be used and yeah, this inclusivity. See, that, that, that's also, I've, I've often wondered why, like, I don't know if Stephen is trans, so I just, I don't no, know. No, he's not trans. Him. Okay. I don't know why gay and lesbian people have ever fallen in behind trans. Like, they may as well fall in behind Islam or something because being gay or lesbian is a sexuality. Being trans is really an identity. It's a choice. It's a very different thing. Trans is not a sexuality. So why did people who fought long and hard for their sexuality see this happen? And that's why I know so many people, well, when I say, like, I don't know an immense amount of lesbian women, but the ones that I do, a lot of them are like, this is wrong. We don't want men invading our spaces. Like, we are our thing. You go be a guy over there. We don't want you. Okay, so but, well, 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 let me come back to you. Well, hang on. Well, well, let me come back to Stephen on that. Stephen, you know, the gay community have fought long and hard for rights, for marriage equality, uh, for everything that we, we, we see in a modern world. And Carl is saying, well, why did they roll in behind the trans community? Because the, he feels that's nothing to do with what you're fighting for. What you're fighting for is the recognition of your sexuality and sexual orientation and not your identity. Well, first of all, Yes, the health services in every country should be way more focused on actually making a functional health service. Uh, you know, the the Tories in in England and the government uh, that we've had here have presided over a simple thing where they want the health service not to work properly. It makes it easier to justify, you know, changing other things and talking about other things. And they're only talking about it now because there's a whiff of an election coming along. So they're trying to deflect from everything that they've failed to do for the last 13 years. Uh, now, not saying it's an easy thing to actually make a functional health service. Lord knows we've tried. Also, when it comes to the LGB community standing with the TQIAP plus community, I'd recommend everyone go back and look at, you know, the actual foundations of the gay liberation movement and, you know, the, the equality movement in, in the beginning. It was trans people that helped the gay community stand up and begin the fight for equality. And it's only taken 80 odd years to get to where we are now, you know? Mm. So, but but, but, but the point Carl is making is, if you look at here in Ireland as well, you know, how much money is being spent on, you know, diversity officers and meetings and um, diversity language and inclusive language and workshops and all this kind of stuff when they can't spend the basics on getting their own shit together? Probably way more than should be. And I'll happily do a workshop for them for free if they want it. You know, save them a couple of quid. Uh, <laughs> not that it's going to make a whole heap of difference because they, as you said, they literally wouldn't. But do you, to spend yeah, but do you agree with this? If they were handed it, do you do you agree? I mean, I'm looking at their own recommendations here. You know, referring to I agree that anyone gone. I mean, referring to somebody as delivering a birth vaginally as a lower birth or frontal birth. To refer to as this, this, I'm reading this directly from it here. I um, imagine that that particular phrase is to do with somebody that hasn't had to give birth by a C-section. Okay, to refer to a vagina as a bonus hole, a bonus. Well, hole. That's just nonsense. Of course anyways. it is. Yeah, to refer to a mother as being now known as a birthing parent, or a no, father I, as a second biological parent. Now, can I ask you something? Yeah, Carl. Sorry, when Stephen rows in behind radical trans ideology, you don't row in on the parts that make sense. And I think he even accepts that a lot of this stuff doesn't make sense. 
But the problem is, is that when, when you push back on trans identity, people who are gay and lesbian feel that you're pushing back on them because they hitch their wagon to it. I don't think that ever should have happened. Being gay or lesbian is a sexual preference. And it means you feel that feeling that, like I feel when I, you know, look at women, whatever. The All LGBT stuff, plus community is a collection of people that are marginally discriminated against because of but, their but, differences. But so are gender, so heterosexual, are, you know, normality. Poor people. But you see, that, 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 that whole language of, like, that sounds like stuff... And this whole thing of socialism and conservatism and things like that is all a way of trying to build collective power to get representation. So, yes, the, that's why a lot of the left stand with the but, traveller community and the queer community and the immigrants and think, everything else. And, and a lot of people on the, the right will as well, else, that they go the against the heterodoxy. Is, the, the whole point is, though, is I don't think anyone really cares if someone is gay or lesbian. I, I certainly don't. I, I'd never cared. But... But the, 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 the issue around trans identity, I do actually care about because that's then something that's quite different. Like my son's a boxer. If my daughter wants to do boxing and someday someone says, well, this person identifies as a, as a female, so get in the ring. Like, no, you're not. You are never going in the ring with, with someone who was born a man or born men. So what I'm trying to say is this thing. Well, then go look at the current rules endless, governing anybody at, so at boxing level. Endless, there's endless marginalized groups because... The whole thing about intersectionalism, which is the political identity that this is reliant on, isn't about finding common ground. It's about trying to say we're different, therefore you're the majority and you're bad. Um, we're, we're downtrodden, blah. Maybe you are. I don't know. But I've never really had an interest in it because I just get on with my life and treat people with love and respect. And it's wrong to hit your wagon to something that has so much bad thinking around it on the basis that, well, there's this bigger ideal that I have to adhere to. I either agree to the religion and, and, and what is effectively a form of secular fundamentalism or I'm some kind of apostate and have to be punished and abused for not believing everything that I'm told to believe. You're making a mistake. Okay, do me a favour, both of you. Just stay there for a second. The Nile Boylan Podcast. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text Ireland on 085 100 2255. Did I say that too fast? Yes, slow it down. <laughs> That was me trying to do the effect. <laughs> 085 100 The Niall Boylan Podcast. We're talking about, of course, the NHS who are rolling back on inclusive language or what some people believe is inclusive language. And also, by the way, the, the main part of that story last week is the health secretary of the UK is now banning trans women from female-only spaces within hospitals. Stay there, Carl and Stephen. Uh, I want to go to Eileen as well. Eileen, hi, how are you? Um, good morning, Niall. How are you? Good. Eileen, I mean... It's very complex, this, well, 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 it is quite complex, actually. There's many ways of looking at it and many aspects to it. Um, but do you believe that the HSC should do the same as the NHS and discourage staff from using these words of identity or inclusive language and also um, not allow trans women to use women's spaces within the hospital? Should they do the same? Well, now, when you say about the trans women, so they were fellas that became women. They're biological now, men who may want to use women's services yeah. within the hospital or vice versa. They could be trans men I suppose. But I suppose yeah. if they're trans men you would just refer to them as whatever. I wouldn't I have any problem with them. You know if they're after change and sex and they're in a ward. Sorry? M so they, most, most people who are trans never actually go the full route and, and and change your sexual organs. I think it's about oh, right. probably nine and ten just remain biologically the same in their sex organs. 
right. which they're entitled um, to do, but it's also ridiculously difficult not, to get hold of any saying, kind of service for that. Okay, I'm sorry. Not, I'm not okay, well, sure okay, well, hang on, both of you. Just let Eileen finish the point she wants to make. Sorry, Eileen. I, no, I wouldn't have any. If they're after, if they're after, if they're after changing their name and they're going as Mary or Joan or whatever, I'd have no problem with them. Mm. So, and do you believe that the staff should be encouraged to use pronouns because obviously that's been the way it has been. And when I say use well, pronouns, it changes the language, I suppose, that we refer to. Instead of saying a pregnant woman, we say a pregnant person or a birthing person. Instead of saying breastfeeding, they use the word chest feeding. I mean, do you think that kind of language should be used? Well, I suppose there's no harm in this, is there? There's no I harm in this. I wouldn't be offended. Mm. I know, like, I breastfed my children. So so now it's a, it's a woman that has become a man and they're going to chest feed. So that's the change in the... The language, yeah. yeah, And you, you would have no objection to that. What do you say to women who do have objections to that? Because they say women have fought for rights for years for the word woman to be included in these kind of things. And now we're basically reverting back to something of 100 years ago where we're removing the word woman again. But don't they have to, they have to kind of think of everybody, you know, the person that's in that position, the trans person. I know they're in a minority, but... Uh, I have no problem with it. Do, do, do you sacrifice the, the rights, I suppose, the pleasures of a majority for the rights of a minority? Uh, well, there's loads of minorities, isn't there, in the world, you know, and you mm. have to... Oh, I just... Yeah. Personally, I, I have no problem. You have no with problem. I, I, you have no problem I, with No, no, it's a very, very complex kind of thing. Mm. Okay. Um, oh. Okay, okay, Eileen, thank you for that. Eileen, there's no problem. Carl... I mean, there you go. You're saying, you know, the majority of people don't agree with it. Eileen said she couldn't care less. Okay. I don't think Eileen represents the majority. Um, no, I don't, I don't think, think so. And, and I, I also would say that um, I think that it is important to say that you can come from a position and love and respect for all people and not agree with them. And that's something that I think gets lost in this, is that you become some kind of heretic if you don't automatically agree with this language and the, and the, and the things being put forward. It's absolutely not the case. Mm-hmm. You can show love and respect for someone without agreeing everything that they want. And certainly, I mean, I know that because I, I, have, to, I have like disciplining with my kids, you know, dad, I want ice cream. No, no. Like you can say no to someone and still love and respect them. What I'm trying to say is that there's massive overreach within certain ideological corners. And it's being fought with the idea of guilting people into feeling that they're somehow, you know, telling someone that they don't have the right to exist if you don't agree with them. And that's a really common logical trap that people fall for. And Eileen, I think, has probably, you know, been subject to that kind of thinking. That if you say no to someone, that somehow you're punishing them. You're not. You're just acknowledging that, like, if you, say if you have a a ward full of women who have miscarriages and just a hypothetical situation. Someone comes in and is a, a, a trans woman. And say your emergency responder to a a call out and they say, yeah, I'm having a miscarriage. How do you deal with that? Like, how do you, like, this is the kind of thing is that we're actually starting to believe that this is actually real women. It's not. It's trans women. And they are their own, you know, group of people. And they're unique and and wonderful in many ways. But they believe they're they're real. But they they believe they're real women. Well, like, can you give me a definition of what a woman is? Just so that I know we're talking about the same thing. What am I definite? Well, I'd ask Stephen first, actually. Stephen, what is the definition of a woman? Because people seem to struggle, Stephen, with that all the time, don't they? Well, I dare say you were asked first, but if you're going to look it up in the dictionary, it's, a, it's a, an adult human female. Female being the biological sex 
term that we use to address that's, people that a fair uh, definition, create then, a specific it? Yeah. type of gamete. Yeah. But you can also, we're, all, we're not just talking about biology, we're talking about psychology as well. And, you know, uh, terms that we all use to identify ourselves in different ways. But you can identify so, whatever you want. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a whole there's ideological... There's a label for you if you but, want. But is that, is that not ideological? Because you can identify as whatever you want. I mean, you can identify... Everything's ideological. Well, it, that's what I'm saying. Well, then it's not really a woman, then, if it's, that, ideolo- that's, if it's that's, ideological. That's the, whole purpose, that's the whole purpose of science, is to cut through the failings of people's thinking. You know, that if someone says, the sun is God, or the earth is flat, that you may say, no, scientifically, these are the facts. These are the actual facts. And the biological fact around what constitutes a male or female, largely based around a myriad of things that can get far more scientific than what the dictionary definition says. But it all boils back down to, you know, the size of your gametes, sex organs, you know, types of... All of which are just not relevant whenever you're assigning a sex to a baby. But anyway. I, you see, but that's where we, we differ. You see, I've had, well, like, I have children that I have fathered and I totally disagree with you. I just say that what you're saying is, is so irrational to me that I, I, I don't mind you saying it because you can say whatever you want. It's a free country. But you've... But none of their primary or secondary sex... None of their primary or secondary sex characteristics other than the fact that what looks like on, their, on the outside of their body is either a penis or a vagina are the only criteria that are used when assigning a sex at birth. That's Maybe the only you. criteria. In, in most of the world, but Stephen, what are, but Stephen, what other criteria can a doctor use? Because a baby can't speak. No, 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 or no. an X-ray. Well, when, when we're talking about intersex people, by the way, the research shows that the majority of intersex people are actually chromosomal men, um, um, and that's why, generally speaking, they're assigned male at birth. But, but I mean, you can also have people. Who have, yes, but you can like, also have three, a biological. You can have somebody that looks biologically female externally and still be XY XX chrom XX. XY chromosomes. It's a very unusual situation. You're, ta- so you're talking about an anomaly in science. That's like saying, you know, some babies are born with four fingers. My point stands that, that still doesn't mean it's not a hand. The, the only thing we, the only thing we, exactly, we judge a hand by the fact that it has a number of bones, five digits, and we only judge a baby based on what looks like their penis or their vagina on the outside of their body because we don't blood test them, we don't do MRIs, we don't do anything else to determine anything you else other than what those little things. You, all I'm saying as an infant, when you're assigning a sex at birth? When, when you're born, one of the first things that happens is they heal pricks and all sorts of stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah it's all... There's litany of things. And by the way... Okay, the congratulations. Actually we, proves we my point. two no, he, of he the five proves, characteristics. He proves the point. You see, it's like me saying that Gravity is real. Gravity is a force. You can't argue with it. And then someone says, yes, but if you're in outer space, there is no gravity. There are times, but it's not your day-to-day normal experience. And so this is what I'm trying to say, is that a lot of this around, like, what is the science, by saying that there's these very, very, um, you know, marginal times where something doesn't apply, it actually proves the point that the rump of it is true. And it's a weird thing, because normally when you argue something, you try to disprove the other person rather than prove them, which is, he's doing excellently. So please continue, Stephen. I'm not arguing with science. I'm just pointing out that it's not as finite and infinite and definite A, B as everyone seems to think it is. 
Okay, but let, let me just go back to the original point of the programme today and the original question we were asking, and let me just go to Natalie if I can as well. Natalie, you know, the reason we're talking about this is because the NHS are rolling back on everything they've done over the last three or four years when it comes to inclusive language and also trans people being allowed to share women's wards in hospitals for female services. So should the HSE do the same? Absolutely. Like, I think it was it was bonkers to start with. Like, from, you know, uh, like a health professional perspective, like, we're you know, our innate response to our, our patients is to be inclusive and kind and empathetic and we don't judge. We treat everyone equally and everyone the same. So that's, we don't need to have these crazy strict kind of rules and regulations and pronouns and like it's just, it, it, it's gone too far, um, you know, especially now when you see... Well should, a, uh, well, should a trans woman be allowed into a woman's ward? No. no, no, absolutely not. Because you don't know who you're putting that person beside. Like, what if that person has, you know, is a victim of rape, or you know, has well, most men are not rapists. If it's a biological male, most men are. I would argue that most men are not rapists anyway. I'm not arguing the fact, by the way, because I probably agree yeah. with you. But I'm just challenging your point. Most men are not rapists. Yeah. No, but still, like it, you, you would still allow the, that person that courtesy and privacy, which is why there is se segregated um, mm -hmm. toilets and segregated changing rooms and wards, for that, yeah. you know, simple and wards and whatever for you know for for lots of different reasons, um, not just that. I mean, so that, well, well, let's, well, let me just go back to Stephen. That's a fair point, Stephen, that Adley makes. In a hospital, we've always had segregated wards, we are, and we have children in wards, we have women in wards, we have men in wards. And the reason we do that is because when you're in hospital, you're in a pretty vulnerable situation. And, you know, you might be in your, your PJs or your whatever it is, your gown. And just for human dignity, uh, women have mm -hmm. separate wards. Uh, and yet you, you're suggesting, Stephen, that it's okay to introduce a biological male or, or a man who identifies as a woman, a trans woman, into those situations. Natalie says that's not acceptable. Well, I'd like to see anyone prove that there's any danger to having an average trans woman in a woman's ward and an average trans man in a man's ward, other than the fact that the other people in that ward may take severe exception and demand that they are evicted from it because of some misplaced fear whipped up by people that really don't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, that I completely, completely, absolutely, inherently disagree with that because it's not just not an surprised. average. That, 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 that's fine. And you're entitled to your opinion and I'm entitled to mine. The, the argument here is that genuine, genuine transgender people, like it's, it's one in 100,000. It's an anomaly. So these people that are identifying as trans now, it's a psychological thing. It's a mental health thing. It's not that they genuinely, you know, belong in another body or they were born in the wrong body. So a lot of these people that are identifying this way are quite severely unwell. Like Barbie Kardashian, perfect example. I think I Barbie, well, to, to, be, to be fair, Natalie, Barbie Kardashian is the extreme. I mean, you can't, you can't yeah, use Barbara Kardashian as an example of every trans person in the world. Clearly, there's and a mental I'm health not, problem I'm there. Not, no, 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 no. Yeah, and, I'm, and, she, and, and, and Barbara Kardashian is also a violent person who's threatened to rape exactly. people. Exactly. And, and he, she was put in a female prison. Yes, that's right. This is, this is my point. Exactly. This is kind of my point. And locked up for 22 I'm, hours a day and not allowed mix with the general population. If you're going to talk about it, actually state the situation that they're kept in. Yeah, but she wanted that because she identifies as a female, wants to be in a female prison. So there, there, unfortunately, this and is the, the circumstances. And it's locked up for 22 hours a day. 
Yeah, but again, she's a violent person. So if she identified as a man, she'd be in a male prison with probably Most more people in prisons are violent time. people. Well, I, 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 I think, Stephen, to be fair, you know, Barbie Kardashian was specifically violent and threatened to rape, actually oh, threatened to rape prison guards and everything. Yeah, I'm not, so I'm I, not I diminishing think, think, the risk from Barbie or yeah. anyone in that position, but anybody in prison... You, 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 would, you would accept that Barbie Kardashian is... You, you would accept that Barbie Kardashian it clearly has a... exception to the... To clearly the, has a mental health problem. This Absolutely, is kind of my work. We're kind no, of veering away from the point of making. Trans, I know she's... Trans people are not mentally ill, despite we, what your caller yeah, is saying. This, this is kind of my point, and we're veering away from it. Was Barbie Kardashian is an extreme example, but many, many trans are unwell. They're identifying as trans for lots of psychological reasons, not medical, physiological reasons. Can, for can example, I just give you a statistic? For example, can I just finish what I need to say and yeah. then you can speak? For example, you have women identifying as men who then go out and get pregnant, carry a child to full term, and then men who identify as women who want to chest feed babies and take over the max licensed dose of medication in order to induce lactation to feed a child. Like, that is, to me, that is mental illness. That is not somebody who is genuine trans. Because if you want, really, truly want to be a man, then why on earth would you then have a baby, carry a baby to full term? Why? That's absolute confusion to me. And okay, well, well, hang on. Sorry, Carl, you wanted to say something there just in relation to what you talked about, that some people have mental illness. Talking about prison is that almost half of trans people who end up in prison, okay, because trans people commit crimes too, same as everyone else, but almost half of them are there for sex offences. They're sex offenders straight down the line. So one in two. In the general population, that tends to be more like one in five to one in six. So there is something that, that when, they, when crimes happen, that if you're a member of the trans community, it tends to be in the space of sexual offences. Now, there might be things around that that, that that aren't easily explained. You can't draw too much conclusion from that, but it would be willful ignorance to ignore it. And you exactly. also do have yeah. to look at the mental health. You do have to look at the mental health because Tenny showed that almost half of trans people self-harm, 75% have committed, considered mm -hmm. suicide, anxiety rates are over 70%, with stress and depression rates over 80%. Now, with simple mathematics, we know that people who, who are trans have to be dealing with a lot of difficult things. They have to be dealing with some really deep, unnerving stuff that most of us don't have to go through. And I think that does require empathy and love and care but it doesn't mean that you change your reality to their reality in order to achieve that. And that's totally the thing. I mean, agree. The, 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 yeah. the mental health issues and trans people in the UK are similar. So it's not just an Irish fixation either. Okay, we'll stay, we'll stay there for a second because I want to bring Adam in too. Sorry, Adam. Hi, how are you? Hi, Niall. How are things? Adam, um, uh, just well, let, let's go back to the original topic as well. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, the HSC. Should the HSC follow suit, you know, and follow the NHS uh, in... What has now been, I mean, you, you, I don't know whether you heard the video we played at the start, obviously, of the health secretary in the UK saying that, you know, they're abandoning all this pronoun stuff and they're basically going back on everything and suggesting that, you know, trans women now cannot use women's spaces in hospitals. So is he yeah. right and should we follow suit? No, look, if you're, like, I think historically, if, you feel, if you're siding with the Tories on anything, you're probably not on the right side of history, realistically. I mean, That's the stuff nonsense. that came out from... It isn't nonsense. I mean, the Tory, like they're they're an evil group of scumbags. Um, 
Like the stuff that came out, the rhetoric that was used against trans people, it was, it was, it was, it was the equivalent to the way Margaret Thatcher talked about gay people in the eighties. Margaret Thatcher that was, was a wonderful exactly prime minister. You might not like her, but her her record is is already cemented in history. You're completely. Well, well, I'm not I'm not talking about anything other than her treatment of gay people, right? That's that's what I'm that's what I'm talking about here, right? And her treatment of gay people was quite frankly disgusting. And her her record during the AIDS crisis was also absolutely disgraceful. So she wasn't a great. As was Anthony Fauci, so many others. I mean, it, it would be fair, Adam, to say in relation to Margaret Thatcher, you know, and look, people have different views of Margaret Thatcher depending on what she did and what part of the politics they don't agree with. But in saying that, you're talking about a woman who was a leader in a different time. You know what I mean? So you, you can't, yeah, but, you can't but, use I, I, that I, as a... I, I, you, I know, but I'm, com- no, I'm comparing... To, at a time when, when homosexuality was illegal in Ireland, by the way. Can I just point out? Yeah, so so you can't yeah, use that. The narrative that Rishi Sunak was pushing was the equivalent to the way Margaret Thatcher spoke about gay people, right? That's exactly the same. It was, it was the exact same rhetoric. It was the exact same kind of gotcha point that, quite frankly, like it, it, was, it was actually disgusting to watch. And realistically, I think... But if, a, is, right, but if a political party is playing to the gallery, because that's what political parties do, they play to the gallery because they want votes... Well, then surely intelligent people like Richie Sunak and the health secretary and many others within the Tory party or the Conservative Party in the UK believe that the majority of people agree with what they're saying. Now, if the majority yeah. of people agree, that I, I'm, I'm just saying to you, well, then the majority of people believe what Carl is saying at the very start of the show is that let's focus on healthcare and not pronouns. The idea that we're spending, and he mentions this, of course, in his speech, that we're spending and focusing so much time on workshops for pronouns, you know, allowing people or not allowing people into women's wards because they're, they identify as trans, when we should be focused on healthcare and not this nonsense. But the thing is, right, I think there's certain things that you can have a discussion about on kind of how appropriate it is for a hospital setting. But at the same time, there are things that make logical sense in some of these terms. I mean, like birth giver is, is a logical thing. I mean, do we call... Why can't we just example, call her a woman? Why can't we just say a pregnant woman? Why do we have to call her a birth giver? Because, so for example, right, if, <laughs> if I was to have a surrogate, right, with my partner, they, like, they're not a mother. They're not a mother to the child. They're, they are simply a vessel that is carrying the child for two fathers to then adopt that child. You know what I mean? That's, that's how surrogacy works. It's a very simplistic view of a, of a woman to use her as some sort of vessel. Oh, God, well, what, what are we saying? A woman is an incubator? Is that, is, is that what we're in, suggesting? In, in, the case, in, the, in the case of a surrogacy, yes, because she's not the mother of the child. Wow. Two, other parents, wow. two other parents are going to take that child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Human chattel. That's really, that's really wonderful to just reduce oh, them that's, to... Oh, uh, that's absolutely... <laughs> like, you, like, no, in the case, in the yeah, case well of a family... Yeah, look, you just lost the whole a, audience on that one. No, I, I don't think I have. Well, you've lost the whole. Well, you've just well, you've just lost the whole female audience on that one, Adam. To be honest with you, you to know, be honest, because no, in the case, so in, in the case, you're dehumanizing women. Now, now in, we're dehumanizing women. In the case of a surrogacy, it doesn't matter whether it's a surrogacy mother. or something. Is, She's, it's still a pregnancy. Child, is that is that is that the child's mother? It doesn't matter. It's, it's still not. a pregnancy. It's still a pregnancy. It's the child's yes, biological mother, by the way. That's why they are the birth giver. Like that is a pregnancy. But they're not all surrogacies. Right. When a woman goes into hospital into the rotunda or the coom tomorrow, I mean, is she a pregnant woman or is she a birth giver? She's both. Well, why, why can't we just? Think, why do we have to change the language? Why can't we just leave the word "pregnant woman" on the HSE website? Why did we have to change that? Because some, because some people who are pregnant are not like they they don't identify as women. 
Like, I genuinely, the thing is, right, there's such this thing with, like, why do words affect, like, the right? Because it's a point of principle, because women have fought for rights for years. If words words don't matter, then we'll just keep the old words. If words don't count for anything, keep all the old words, that's fine. I thought, no, but I thought the left were the snowflakes, but it seems like every single time now something happens, the right goes up in arms. No, not up in arms, they're just saying that we have a good system. Good system that's based on scientific fact and the majority of people in it, and they they're happy with this situation, and they don't all need to change just because you said so, and that's because the radical left think no, everyone has to believe what we believe. It's not snowflake; it's just a statement of fact. No, and, and you seem to, like to want some kind we've, of we've, we've, different we've literally reality. Seen, we've literally seen we've literally seen an example of someone come on already and say they don't care. So like like I really don't understand. You, that was Eileen, yes, Eileen earlier on. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think I think people think that there's this massive uproar for people, when in reality, I think it's a very small. Well, well I mean, Carl makes a good point. If we don't care and you don't care, well, then why why do we want to change words? Why would we change uh, change the word vagina into a front a frontal birth or a lower birth instead of a vaginal birth? Why do we want to change breastfeeding to chest feeding? If nobody cares, why are we changing it? I think it's not that important. Have, yeah, but medical terms have you know they change. Like, they don't. Like a breast we, never changes. A breast is a breast. We've, yeah, but like, when you look at like, the history of medical terms, we change our language all the time. That is how it works. With, in case with we use hurty words. Is that, is that what it is? We don't want to use hurty words. <laughs> no, again, Are they hurty? Words, is a breast like, a hurty word? Is it? It's not a hurty word. But well, well, what think, is like, it? What, I mean, what, what happens when a baby you know, is held close to a mother's chest and sucks on her nipple or her breast? What are they doing? They're breastfeeding, aren't they? Yeah, I would, I would call it breastfeeding. But in reality... I well, then why would you want to change it? If you're calling it breastfeeding, why do we want to change it so? I don't. I don't. No, my, my whole point is that this is literally just this massive talking point that the right have pushed forward to show... Like, Do you mind if I swing this conversation back a little bit? Yeah, swing it any way you want, Stephen. Grant, how much money is actually being spent on diversity, inclusion and integration policies and workshops and things like that? Does anybody know? I don't know. I don't but know. But I'm sure it's quite a substantial imagine, amount of money. I, ima- I imagine in terms of a percentage of the... What are we giving the health service? The well, it's, yeah, but, yeah, but hang on, Stephen. It's not just about the health service. It's about the money that goes to belong to. It's about the money HSE. that goes to other NGOs that encourage the HSE to do these things and hold workshops and recommend and make recommendations. So it's about all of that money yeah. that gets spent. And, and just bearing in mind, the HSE is overspending, to, overspending by $2.2 $2. our... $2. a year. Two point two billion a year. And the time we've been on this show, the HSC has overspent by about 400,000 euro. And that's on a budget that is already, you know, more than a quarter of every tax penny spent in this country. So actually, if they spend more than a euro, it's a bleeding euro too much. Actually, do, do me a favour. Stay there, all of you, because I've got to take a quick seven second break. I'll tell you the reason in a few minutes. Niall Boylan has been told to shut up from the time he was in school. And all through his life, they just keep telling him to shut up! But not anymore. Because now he has his own live podcast. The Niall Boylan Podcast. 
Just on a point of money, you asked Stephen there about how much money, and I'll just give you one example. I'm looking at an article here from gov.ie, which is the state website. 900,000, that's a million, is being made available to applicant groups operating at national, regional and local level to support community service and promote visibility and inclusion of the LGBT people. Funding aims to promote inclusion, protect rights and improve quality life, well-being within LGBTI plus people in Ireland. That's just one particular incident of a million quid just thrown away. But that's, but that's a million, that's a million quid. Thrown away on, on what? Mentally ill people? No, language. On language. Ah, go to hell. I'm just saying. Uh, Niall, I Niall. Didn't, I didn't can use I, the word I, mentally I, ill. You're using that now. Niall, can, so. I, but, can I butt in here? Can yeah, I butt Adam, in here? go ahead. That's, that's from, that's from gov.ie as a host. That's going to the HSE, the Department of Education, every single department in government office. So a million quid is nothing. No, but that, that's just that, no. I'm, do, I'm just giving you an example. Stephen mentioned how much money has been spent within the HSC. There's a huge amount of money being spent. There's diversity officers. <laughs> we recently had a professor came out and said that diversity officers and these kind of people were controlling the uh, the NHS or the HSC, and the HSC were actually afraid to say anything against them. They were the ones in control. You've also got a situation where they're spending millions, not just in the HSC on workshops and all that kind of stuff, but you've also got other organisations or NGOs who are recommending to the HSE and they're government funded as well. So what uh, so the answer to your question budget that you see by the way yeah. any amount of budget that you see that in is the HSE their job, by the way. is normally is normally times 10 because they don't actually account very well for anything in general. Like I said they're overspending by 2.2 billion a year. Uh, okay, so we'll, we'll just answer Stephen's question not, quickly because he even, wants to take the conversation though, the way, in a different when they, way. When they, when they spend something, when they spend something, say they spend a million euro, let's just say they spend it on something else. They spend a million euro on getting a different set of inhalers. There's actually a project management team that go into that. There's procurement people that are in that. There's HR people. There's oversight and accounting. It's always way bigger. It's yeah, always okay, way Stephen, bigger. Stephen, what, so, what was the point you were trying to get to in relation to mentioning the amount of money that was being spent? That is an infinite, a million euros across the entirety of health, education, NGOs, etc. No, that's just one example and I gave you. That's just 20 one example. billion euros uh, to just keep the lights on in the health service, no. which, as Carl said, is overspending by stupid, ridiculous amounts. Yeah, but and that, they can't keep track of this. They yeah, but that, 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 with the million quid I just gave you, that's just one example. I don't have time to go through them all here. That's just one I spotted that came up straight away. There's, there's, there's much so you're more talking about one two hundredth, I think, of an entire health budget spread, and that's one two hundredth or whatever it is is spread across the entire country across multiple different organisations, organisations by which it's their job to it, actually it on something like children's rights, women's rights, travellers' rights, migrants' rights, LGBTQA. And what about and what about women's rights to be fair to, to be referred to as women? Do that? No be- one is shutting a woman. Uh, or oh, them you or think so? Telling them that okay. they don't exist. Well, you would imagine so. If you look at the HSE website and the NHS website currently at the moment, you would imagine women didn't exist, particularly when it comes to a maternity setting. Because the word woman isn't oh. mentioned. Okay. In the same way as we don't define most other words, but it's okay. Well, and we- by the way, the pendulum, the pendulum is swinging. The Tories are, are basically singing to the gallery because they know that Whipping up hatred will mean that they, where, they, where is know, hatred? are less likely to get destroyed. Where is it hatred, Adam? To turn around and say it's all right to say you're a pregnant woman. How is that hatred? It's well, hatred it's if hatred. you're ideologically 
overtaken. The like hatred, if you no, are, no, no, if you've been hatred, radicalized hatred, into leftism, no, no, wait, me, all of this stuff answer, is worse answer than answer anything. Let me answer the question. You let won't. me answer the question. There is no the answer that makes comes, sense. The hate, no, the hatred comes from you. You, you have basically dehumanized people to the point of saying that their entire existence is an ideology. Which is not. Trans people aren't an ideology. They're people. I, I are, actually, people I actually said earlier, Niall, I actually said earlier that this is a stock response, that by not agreeing with someone that they therefore will claim that you, you somehow are against their right to exist. And this is actually delivered in the show that I said it a few minutes later. It came to me on a plate. Well done. You're literally saying that people are an ideology. That's a disgusting comment. How how is someone's existence an ideology? No, you see that that's because you have been radicalized. I didn't say that you are an ideology or anyone else. Uh, well, I said I'm, that I'm not being trans, 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 trans is is not a sexuality. It's more in line with a, a, an ideology or how you view yourself. It's not a sexuality, and that's factually true. But you had to jump in with that. Oh, you're demeaning to their existence. Oh, hang on. I've just lost every one of our callers there just for a second. I get them all back. Um, we'll do that right now. I get Carl back. I get Stephen back and I get Adam back. Uh, and Neem. I want to go to Neem as well. Uh, some of your messages, by the way, they're coming in at the moment. Uh, somebody says, no, some of those terms you read out are ridiculous. Well, they're not that ridiculous, actually. When I say ridiculous, not that ridiculous. They are terms that are being used on the websites. Um, Frank on WhatsApp says uh, that the HSC have plans to use gender pronouns in the workplace. In the first place, it's indicative of how far removed we are from reality within the HSC. Dave says, oh my God, Adam, sit down, you clown. Uh, Maureen says, I have to say it. <laughs> Adam, Adam is being disgusting. Okay. Okay. One single statement there is Stephen shows his true colours. Wow. A woman is an incubator. Wasn't Stephen said that? It was Adam, says Lisa. Um, Adam just made a classic mistake of when you're losing an argument, bring in politics and call someone a snowflake. Adam, I'm left leaning and I completely disagree with you. Even though surrogacy, uh, a child has a mother, she gives up the baby, but she's still a mother. Well, she's a biological mother. Yes, that would be the truth. Absolutely. Uh, some of your other messages, by the way, come. Um, any chance of some clarity on the point? of men ending up in women's spaces in hospitals. Wards are mixed in hospitals up and down the country. And a man will never end up in a guinea ward uh, or in a maternity. Even if they didn't, they wouldn't be there for long, says Dave on WhatsApp. Uh, Dave, yes, they are mixed wards, um, depending on the ailment. But if it's a woman's specific ailment, uh, i.e., you know, you're talking about breast cancer or you're talking about uh, cervical checks and those kind of things or specific spaces where women go um, to get, I suppose, a, um, mammograms and all those kind of things, they are specifically women's wards. All right. That's what the NHS are referring to. Also, you know, maternity wards are specifically women's wards. Um, no matter... But what they're saying is that you, as a biological man, you can't go into that particular ward. Uh, transgender in the Big Brother house last night, but it hasn't been mentioned. Um, they're in for a hell of a surprise. See the photo. Yeah, he sent me a photo, by the way. Yeah, I didn't know, though. I don't watch Big Brother anyway. Sorry about that. Uh, and rightly so. Only women in female wards and vice versa. This nonsense has gone on long enough, says Maureen. Uh, now, let me get back to, to Stephen, if I can. Unfortunately, I've lost Carol there because um, I don't think he gave us too much more of his time. Stephen, you know, I, I'm going to get Adam back in a second, but Adam is getting lambasted now on WhatsApp for referring to women as a vessel of some description, you know, for childbirth. I mean, that that's kind of... See, this is what happens when the argument happens. Then we start to demean women even more. Well, the the other side of the argument would also be trying to, you know, simplify women into being literal 
birth vessels, and that's all that matters because that's all that their biological. But that's what Adam just for. did. That's what Adam just did, but and he's, and he's on your people. side. And and the people in the Tory party and things like that would rather try and put that narrative together as well, you know, mm. and just keep it that simple. And that men and women should not go anywhere near each other, save for the act of procreation. I don't think I don't think that's what the Tory party believe with the greatest respect Stephen I think you're exaggerating it slightly but stay there let me go to Neem it's as well policy but there okay. you go stay, well stay there Stephen and Adam uh, and I'm going to come to James in a second as well Neem hi how are you hi how are you sorry, sorry for keeping you go ahead Neem, do you, no, Neem do you, okay original question let's go back to the original question should the HSE follow the NHS and kind of abandon this idea of using pronouns and also ban trans women from uh, female spaces within a hospital? A hundred percent. We should never have taken it on in the first place. It's ridiculous. And this whole idea, like I heard that guy referring to a person as a vessel. And then he's going on, oh, you, our ideology, we're people. Uh, you're not being a hundred percent with yourself there. If you can refer to someone as a vessel, you're not a normal person. There's something wrong in your head because you're you're expecting utmost respect and to be put on a pedestal, but you don't want to do the same for someone else. Okay, when I, when, I, when I let him respond to that, Adam, a lot of people, by the way, texting and WhatsApping in, having a go at you over referring to a oh, woman. Oh, I heard. I yeah, heard. yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I, look, I don't particularly care. Um, I completely stand by my point. Like, if I, if myself and my partner were going to have a child. Um, and we were going to have a child through surrogacy. That child, like I would not view that woman as the, the mother of that child. If but she is the biological mother of the child. Yeah, biological mother. But there's but plenty of biological. No, there's plenty of biological. No, no, no. Let me finish. Let me finish first. There's plenty of biological fathers who you wouldn't call. Yeah, well, I, I'm adopted. It's about, it's about I, I, know, I get what you're saying. Is a mother nature, not nurture? My mother, who is my adopted mother, by the way, is my mother. But my biological mother, I still respect that she had to go through nine months of pregnancy and, you know, and, and had me. So she's still a biological I mother. I, I respect I respect the woman. If they well, were you, well, you clearly don't but because you no, refer to them as a vessel. No, 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 because they are not going to be the mother of that child. That's what I mean. They're not, women are not incubators. You know they're what I mean? Incubated. They're a bit more than that. Yeah, sorry, Neem. Go on. You want to say something to him? Go yeah. um, why, Adam, does it have to be a woman that's going to have your baby? Why is it going to be a woman? Why? Because, um, yeah. well, the, 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 stats of, the stats of trans men that are willing to be um, surrogate mothers are, are very low, <laughs> if, if, if any. So... I would, it would usually be a, a cis woman that would be a surrogate mother. Would you stop with the cis? It's either a man or a woman, just, that's it. No, it's, it's, it's a cis woman because <laughs> that's, that's what they are. And like, look, I've, no, gotten, into, I've gotten into this. According to you, you see, this is where the problem is and this is where everything actually lies. Because you have this agenda, you want us to change our entire system that's been running for thousands of years. And let's face it, if it, it comes down to X and Y, the, H, the, HS, the HSE has been running for thousands of years. No, the HSE hasn't. The ideology with those two genders, that's it. No, there's been, <laughs> there's multiple, there's multiple evidence of, of there being more genders throughout history. I mean, you look at the Native American <laughs> tribes, they had, they had two spirits. So like, what, your, your argument there is wrong as well. So, is it? Yeah. What's so when they dig up it the is. They say, oh, this was a cis woman, this was a 
No, do they? No, they say that's a male skeleton or that's a female skeleton. Yeah, it's the same do. in the animal world as well. Okay, but I suppose, Neem, the argument that Adam and Stephen will make is, so what's the big deal? You know, so what, what, why are you so upset or why are people so upset by the fact that the NHS or the HSE, for that matter, might want to refer to somebody as a pregnant person instead of a woman? What's the big deal? There's, there's two issues, right? It's a woman biologically is the only thing that can actually get pregnant. Simple as that. There's no man. You can have a woman that's changed herself. I'm sorry, but then... She became. She was a woman to change to a man. So she's a woman. She has the internal organs of a woman. You don't go the other way around. You can do all the surgeries. You can say what you can. You can portray yourself all you like. But you, because you want to do that. That's like I could wake up tomorrow and go. Well, I want to be black, but I'm clearly not black. You're looking at me as if I'm white, but I'm mad the head. You're wrong. You're racist. You're this. That's exactly the way they go on. There's no like. There's no common sense to any of this. And the whole day them, day them is the plural, not single. So the, the whole. How to explain this? Well, I mean, you, well, you don't get to use those words, generally speaking, unless you're talking about somebody in the third party. When somebody's in front of you, you wouldn't refer to them as a they-them anyway because you don't get to use those words. I personally wouldn't call anybody a they-them. That's just my own opinion. But but, in, but I don't want well, I, no, I get I get where you're coming from on that, but Adam and Stephen would disagree with you. Yeah. Uh, but, but you don't generally get to use those pronouns anyway because if someone's actually in front of you or you're talking to somebody, you would never you refer to them as a pronoun. Like, if I'm talking to you now, I don't call you him. I call you, you know, Neem. That's your name. So, you know, yeah. I, so I don't use them. So it's not going to really affect my life because if I'm talking about somebody in the third party, I'm never going to use the word them or they unless it's plural. You're right. Yeah, I just, I just respect what people want to be called. Like if someone wants within to be called... Re within reason. Within reason. Yeah, within, within reason. Like, you know, a woman at the end of the day... There's a woman identifies as a bridge, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not going to call her a bridge. <laughs> no, yeah. no. Like, I, I think... But we also have to look at historically, right? I mean, historically, there has been no historical evidence of transracial people existing. Like, you just gave an example there. But there has been historical evidence of transgender people existing. There's been transgender people for as long as there's been people. As I long as we've had these terminologies. Adam, I'm just letting you know, Adam, you know, the WhatsApps and the messages are still flowing in here, both on Facebook, on Twitter, and on WhatsApp. Women are the givers of life, not vessels. I'm furious with him saying that, says Jason Fogarty. <laughs> Trisha says, Adam is everything that's wrong in this world. What have these kids been taught? God help humanity. Um, we'll, we'll stay there. No, I mean, you can laugh all you want, Adam, but what you said was ferociously disrespectful to women. And I think, I think secretly, Stephen actually agrees with me. But he just no, won't I, say it because he's on your side here. No, in the case of a surrogacy, I would, I completely... I don't, care whether it's, I don't care whether it's a surrogacy or whether they're having the baby themselves for their own family. It doesn't matter. You don't refer to women as, as a vessel. You just don't. Any? Okay, okay. I, would you accept I, that? Like, would you accept that? No, like, to oh. be honest, I'm, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to change. Like, in the exact same way, I'm not saying to you change your language you know what i mean like i i respect the fact that you have language that you use well what you said was derogatory now i don't, don't get me wrong i don't care i'm not offended either way but i wouldn't use you know derogatory terms for the LGBT and i would community. i would and 
Well, your guests do. They call transgender the women the men do. all the time. Yeah, I know. And, yeah. and, and then if there's people like you listening, they'll give out. Yeah, but I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I'm not saying you would. But what I'm saying is... Stephen, row in on the argument here. Do you agree with Adam? You don't. She don't, Stephen. I think that the argument of trying to reduce anybody down to the single, you know, a single aspect of the functioning of their body, whether or not, uh, you know, I produce sperm or a woman produces eggs, is a stupid argument. Thank you. Uh, is, the la- is the language a little bit clunky? Sure. But at the same point, the parent who's, the person who's giving birth to Adam and his partner's child, or my, per- my and my partner's child, is not the mother of our child. Yeah, but they're not a vessel either. They'll never be. But you, wouldn't, but you wouldn't refer to them as a vessel. No, because it's, birth that's, giver. that's extremely derogatory. A birth giver is a, is a fine term because it's an actual, it's a, it's a fact. Well, I, I, I live with that for the sake of inclusivity, if that's the words you want to use. I don't agree with them, but if that's the words you want to use. But, I, but, I, but I'm happy, but I'm happy to hear that you disagree with Adam. Genders. At least we can have, there's a good old Barney between Adam and Stephen now. Uh, well, stay, well, stay there. Let me just go to James. James, how are you doing? You're in Ireland's Classic. Or you're not in Ireland's Classic. Right? You're on the Live Island Podcast. How are you doing, James? Afternoon, Tim Noyle. James, look, back to the original question, which nobody seems to want to talk about. The original question, of course, is the NHS. And should the HSE do the same and abolish or get rid of or discourage these, this pronoun language and, the, and you know, trans, are trans women using female spaces? Absolutely, Niall. Actually, um, would you believe I filled out a form last night, a HSE form for my son for dental stuff, and stated on the form, gender male, gender female. That was it. No pronouns, nothing else on it. So maybe they've started to do it already. Well, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't think that's a look at their website, by the way. I know, but this is a brand new form that actually my wife printed off and walked yesterday and said on it, gender male, gender female. Didn't have other in another line, no? No, it didn't have other on none of this other rubbish that the two lads are going. Can I ask the two lads, uh, did he, do either of them, and I don't know if these have said this before, work for an NGO that's involved in this? No. I volunteer I don't. with no. a charity. It's not an NGO, though. Do you get paid? I'm, no, he just says he volunteers. I volunteer. Do you get uh, expenses? Of course I get expenses. Well, then you get paid. Same thing. Well, I'm not out of pocket. It's not the same thing. Yeah, so you get paid. Money. Right, I'd so be earning money if I was getting paid. I'd be paying taxes yeah, on so it. You're better paid, better. So you're a paid, you're a paid thing. But anyway, that's that's neither here. I just wanted to, to say that. I think, uh, was it Adam that said, referred to a woman as uh, Unf- a vessel? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, Adam, we've lost Adam there, but we'll try, I'll try and get him back. Yeah, well, I'll just, I'll just say, well, I just, uh, I'll ask him when he can come back, if we can get him back. Um, I'm just curious, I assume he has a mother, and I presume when he go home and say, hello, uh, Bessel, how are you this evening? <laughs> I hope you're well. Or if he has a sister. I think Adam secretly knows he shouldn't have said that. He knows well he shouldn't have said that. I because probably he doesn't does. believe it. No, he doesn't. He doesn't believe it, Noel. He doesn't. None of them believe it, Noel. It's all in their heads. Okay, the but, but, okay, but, but, okay, Stephen's point is... It's something we believe, surely to God. Okay, it's all in your head, yeah, but okay, but Stephen, okay, get, let's let's go focus on what Stephen said. So Stephen was basically saying, "What's the big deal in calling somebody a birth giver rather than a pregnant woman?" Because it's insulting to women, Niall. He's insulting. He's insulting how, somebody okay. who gave him. He's insulting, he's insulting somebody who carried him for nine months, who gave birth to him, who raised him to to be what he is today. He, he's insulting her. He should actually be ashamed of himself 
And any of them have come out with this crap of berting people and uh, bonus hole. That's insulting to women. And I can guarantee you now, every single woman that's listened to me today is agreeing with me. One million percent. Well, in fairness to Stephen, he did say that was a ridiculous word, bonus hole. Um, yeah. uh, the other words, by the way, that the NHS did, but they're now abandoning, said that a father would be known as a co-parent or second biological parent, expectant mother would be a pregnant person, uh, breast, uh, breast milk should be known as human milk, uh, breastfeeding should be chest feeding, and mother should be known as a birthing parent. Yeah, it's disgusting, Niall. A mother, a mother is a mother. A father is a father. Mother carries a child. Not a father doesn't carry a child. There's no such thing as a man that can have a baby that can actually physically carry a baby. We help provide a baby. We put semen inside a woman to fertilize an egg. That's what men do. Women carry our, our sons and our daughters for nine months, give birth to them and breastfeed them and raise them up and so on and so forth. They don't chest feed them. That's insulting to women. And I hope that any of, the, any of these people that are involved in this whole movement, I hope their female relatives actually are listening to this today because if I went home, Niall, and said, hi, hi, hi. hi there, um, chest feeder or birthing person, mm. I'd get a smack from my mother. If, I, by the way, can I just ask a question, Stephen? I'm just curious now. If breasts are unimportant and the word breast is so unimportant, why do transgender people take hormones to grow breasts? Because it's an expected part and what they want to exactly. uh, have as exactly. part of their identity as a woman. Exactly. So it is part of the identity as a woman. The same way as a, a trans man would have their breasts removed. Yeah, absolutely. So a breast is an important part of the identity, in other words. So do you not believe then that women, uh, cis women as you call them, believe it's an important part of their identity and should be referred to when we're talking of about course. breastfeeding? Of course. And I'd like to see anyone say that, you know, this, the policies that were in place in the NHS were actually being followed and that they'll actually be removed. This whole thing is down to the individual dealing with it at the particular moment in time. And if they say breast instead of chest or chest instead of breast, it's, a, it's just the word that they said at that particular moment in time. And it makes no difference really to the person that is chest or breastfeeding their child. Also, as one of your WhatsApp points would have said, all, you know, there, are no, there are not going to be trans women in a maternity ward. There are not going to be trans women they, in uh, a breast cancer ward or anything like that because they're just not going to get breast cancer unless it's, you know, already there, pre-op. Well, why, why do and you think, well, why are the NHS saying that trans women will now not be allowed in female spaces within hospitals if it's not actually happening? They wouldn't be saying it if it wasn't happening. Because they're trying to pander to the voters, that's all. They're trying to stoke the existing fear that trans women, because they are biologically men at birth, are a threat to women. That's all. But we're, we're constantly seeing adverts, for example, by places, you know, people like Tampax, etc., etc., pandering to trans women. Well, I mean, that's kind of nonsense, isn't it? I'd say they're more pandering towards trans men who still have a vagina and have periods, but I haven't seen the ad, so I couldn't say. Well, I did see that Dylan Mulvaney person on Twitter claiming that he has periods. Yeah, um, let me let me just go to Sophie. Hang on, Sophie. Hi, how are you? Hi, Dave. How are you doing? Um, you've been listening to the the conversation so far. Well, it kind of has centered originally around you know should the HSE do you know be similar to the NHS and roll back on exclusive language or inclusive language? Um, do you believe they should? 
Oh, sorry. This agenda. Sorry, Sophie, go ahead. I missed a bit of what you said there. I, said, I, I think we're just at the peak now of the weaponization of this agenda and the funding and the machine that was behind it is starting to gear up now to swing it back over to the... We're losing your line there, Sophie, whatever, wherever you are at the moment currently. You there? Yes, I'm here. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I said, I think we're just hitting the peak now of the weaponization of this ludicrous um, agenda. And the machine that has been funding it to the trillions globally is just starting now to get into gear. There's probably going to be a war in the next couple of months, which has been pre-planned. And they are flooding the country at the same time. with A extreme... war that's been pre-planned? Well, uh, what sort of, when you do when you, a war of words or a war of war? What, what, what are you referring no, to? No, I think we're probably going to be heading towards war, whether it's China, Taiwan, etc. And this will become... I don't think that's anything uh, to do with language being used in hospitals, by the way, Sophie, with the greatest no, respect. No, the language being used in... It's, it's, it's distraction. So this has been a highly funded agenda to cause hurt and distraction and pain. Okay, let, let's just focus on what we're actually talking about, which is the NHS and the language used within the NHS. And we can leave the wars for another day. Okay. I think that they're actually getting prepared now to swing things back from the far left to the far right again. Mm-hmm. So do you believe the language being used is necessary to be inclusive? No, I don't. I think the language and all of these funded agendas have been used to cause person division and distraction. And that they have brought things so far and ludicrous to the left that when you look at the likes of Charlie Flanagan and then coming up to election now, starting to speak out, they're getting prepared to bring it back by 2025 to the far right again. And it's just all to cause hurt and pain and destruction and confusion. Um, well, I mean, Stephen will argue that if we don't use inclusive language, it creates hurt and to the LGBT people. Intention creates hurt. Um, and I think if, if if people treat each other with with respect, well, it, well, it, well it's, yeah, well, that's what he, well, that's what he's saying. You treat each other with respect. So to respect trans women, you should refer to people as birthing parents and not not pregnant women. Well, part of respect is allowing other people have their own perspectives and opinions, and not imposing yours on them to the degree that they have to actually deny what's before their eyes and their own, you know, reverence to women and men and children. And that's what they're actually demanding people do, which is which is not respect. So they're using disrespect to demand respect, and that's not going to work. Instead of a more intelligent view of mm-hmm. people being permitted to um, to actually have their own sincerely held um, knowing and understanding of life and the values. And if we stuck would you values, would you use a pronoun to refer to somebody that they no. in a, a pronoun that with an identity they weren't born with? Um, I'd find it very difficult to do that. If, um, no, I wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Okay, so you, so you, and but other people may, and you respect that too. Other people may, and as I said, if if it was between me and um, a friend or a person, and if they were respectful, then I would be respectful back to them. But I find it very hard to actually change something so fundamental as as men and women. And I have been researching this, and there's a woman called a trans woman called Blair White, and she said she was a man, and she, she, she said that she's never going to be a woman. She said, I'm a trans woman. No woman, I can't become a trans woman, and no trans woman can be a woman. They're a trans woman. 
Um, and she talks about the difficulty and the challenges, and she's fighting back against all of these um, these agendas and trying to explain that this is um, a medical, very, very rare um, situation, and the trends of people are doing harm to the people who genuinely are born with a body dysmorphia. And as regards, for example, the amount of women who transfer to being a man and then get pregnant, that goes completely against if it was a genuinely trans... Uh, I, I've often wondered about that. If you're, if you're a woman and you want to be a man and you trans to a man, I don't understand why you'd want to have a child. Because, that, because that's, the, that's the whole subject of femininity, isn't it? To have the, the ability to have a child. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me. But like a trans woman wanting to be a male model. It just, you know, I, I maybe I'm wrong in thinking that. Maybe I'm sure some people would suggest I'm wrong in thinking that. But if you're a trans man, I don't understand why you would want to have a baby. It's the same way as why would you want to have periods if you were a trans man. Uh, because that's obviously, you know, shows off your femininity. Let me, well, let me go to Sharon as well. Sharon, because I've trapped this up in a second. Sharon, hi, how are you? I'm great, thanks. Great, thanks. My head's a bit of a spin with this. Mm. Everybody's is. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, getting back to, should the HSE be using words like pregnant person? Because I'm pregnant. Sorry, said it again, Sharon? Only a woman can be pregnant. A man can't be pregnant. Well, the trans community will argue with you, but yes, I would agree with you. Biologically, yeah. that would be the case. I mean, I'm all for respecting people's rights, and if someone comes up to me and says, please don't refer to me as that, refer to me as this. I do my best to respect that. But at the end of the day, women are the only ones who can be pregnant. Oh, I do apologise. I don't know what that noise was. Sorry. It must be James in his taxi. I do. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I just think, you know, what is the scenario then, for example? Give me a scenario where I can understand this. Well, I, it's a difficult one to understand, to be honest, with the best. Here. So, in other words, in hospitals, well, actually, in all the literature on the HSE website and the NHS website, they have removed the word woman in much of the literature, not all of it, but in much of the literature, uh, to change, say, for example, um, instead of saying a pregnant woman, if you're a pregnant woman, you can go to maternity ward, whatever. They will say if you're a pregnant person, or they will also say if you're a birthing parent. Um, they have also, within the NHS, though I don't think they've done this specifically in the HSC yet, they've also changed the word breastfeeding to chest feeding. Um, they refer to fathers as biological parents, not fathers anymore. And, you know, and to the extreme, they have rever used, uh, removed the word vaginal birth to frontal birth or lower birth. Oh, I, I honestly think the world is losing the plasma. That's what I think. I, just I, I, I mean, I did have a doctor, a qualified doctor, um, who's well known, on the air, on radio, going back about three or four weeks ago, and referred to, we were talking about cervical screening, and he was saying, people with a cervix. And I said, you mean women? And he went, no, people with a cervix. Well, if that's what they want to use, fine, but I'd be using woman, sorry. Mm. In those cases. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Do you think it's all madness? No, stop you. Sorry, Stephen. I, do. I said no one's going to stop people using the word woman. And as I said, people in hospital are going to use the word woman when they're talking to women. And they may even use they, them pronouns when they're referring to them as well or refer or talking about them. 
um, in an individual sense because the the patient is the patient. Uh, but, but you say no yeah, one's going to stop them. Brian, People are stopping them. People are stopping them. That's why that doctor, hmm. that's why the doctor on the radio, who is an eminent doctor, used the word uh, people with a cervix because he's been told to say that. He didn't choose to do that. Because it's, a, because it's an appropriate term that makes uh, an inclusion of trans women, sorry, trans men, who haven't had bottom surgery. So they still have their cervix. They still have their vagina. Yeah. So it's an inclusive thing to say. Personally, when you're, yeah, but your, your argument, you know, you to can Sharon. You also contract it and just say women with cervixes. Yeah, but your argument to Sharon, you know, the kind of almost like that nobody's going to force you to use these words is untrue because people who work within the service, be it in the HSC, will be brought to workshops and told that they must use these words. And I, I, I do workshops every week in this country. I can guarantee most of the students that are listening to my workshops won't go out and use the language that I've just said is the better language to use. All right. Because people will do what it becomes, it's their first instinct or the first word that they learned about it, and that's it. The same way as sex and gender are used interchangeably uh, because it's just easier to, to have it have both of them mean the same thing as in the biological anatomy of a person, as opposed to how, what they were born with and how they identify themselves. Sharon, do you believe a man can be a woman? Trans men would become, would become pregnant for the same reason that I would want a child. They want a child. If they're the person in the relationship that is capable of having a child, they will have a child. Sharon, just finally, before I finish up, Sharon, do you believe a man can become a woman? No, I don't. Compare it to, compare it to the, how the internet ran away kids are now we don't know what's down the line with this, so maybe we'll have to add more language. I don't know, but for the like, let's keep it real, you know. We okay, on that note, I'm gonna have to wrap it up. Stephen, I appreciate you staying with me as long as you did because I wanted to keep the argument balanced. That's why I wanted to hopefully keep Adam a little bit longer than he did. But I think Adam exited the conversation with the amount of abuse he was getting online after saying that women were vessels or whatever the hell he referred to them as. Anyway. Women are not, can I clarify, by the way, women are not vessels to my female audience. I would never refer to you as vessels. I can't be responsible for what callers say sometimes, but I, I would never refer to you as vessels. Uh, thank you very much indeed to all the vessels and all the men who are, <laughs> sorry, to all the women and all the men who come on the show today. Uh, I do appreciate a balanced conversation, and that's why some of you are giving out and saying, no, why would you have Stephen and Adam on? Surely this is nonsense. I would believe it's nonsense. But I do want to hear the alternate argument, and I think that's the only fair way to do it. Um, you can text or WhatsApp the show at any stage, by the way, at 085-100-2255. If there's anything you want us to talk about in the show. Um, personally speaking, somebody wants to know, Niall, what do you think? Personally speaking, I think it's all nonsense. I would never refer to somebody as a chest feeder. I would never refer to somebody as a, a pregnant person. I would never refer to somebody as a, whatever they call it, or as a vagina, as a front hole. I would never refer to a vaginal birth as a lower birth. It's a vaginal birth as far as I'm concerned. And I don't call people chest feeders or they're breast feeders and that's it. Sorry, Maureen, did I miss you? Hi, Niall. Yeah, you wanted to get on there just before the end, but I think I just missed you. But anyway, go ahead, Maureen, very quickly because I'm just wrapping it up. Go on. Oh, all right. Yeah, no, no. Yes, I, I, I agree. Um, uh, women spaces, men's spaces, especially in, in hospitals, I fully agree with that. And I think the HSC should follow on the same lines. Mm -hmm. But I did take umbrage with Adam because what he said about women, the insult that he's directed to women today was absolutely appalling. 
He was referring yes, to sur- he, he was referring to surrogate mothers and using them as an example that yes. if he wanted to have a child with his partner and he was using that as an example but it doesn't matter whether they're surrogate mothers or whether they're mothers who are giving birth for themselves I believe to refer to any woman as a vessel is probably not the ideal thing to say no it's not it's not it's an insult to a woman and it's an insult to a woman to say chest feeding and all the rest of it women breastfeed Mm. And um, to listen to how he degraded women today was absolutely appalling. And he should be ashamed of himself. Right. But you see, Alan is, uh, Adam has laid, his, he's nailed his colours to the mast, so this is what we're dealing with. And I was absolutely fuming listening to him today. He should be ashamed of himself. All and, right. I, and I certainly wouldn't be giving him a child anyway. He doesn't even deserve it, him or his partner. Every child deserves a mother and a father. As far as I'm concerned, now. Okay. It's shocking what's going on. All right, Maureen, thank you very much indeed. Sorry just to squeeze you in at the end there. I do apologise, but uh, unfortunately we're just about to wrap it up. Listen, thank you to everybody who got involved in the show. Thank you, Maureen. Uh, thank you to everyone. Thank you to Adam as well, by the way, because you certainly stoked a reaction, Adam. Um, a lot of people still texting in that that was a disgusting thing to say about women. It was demeaning no matter whether, somebody says here, no matter whether a woman was a surrogate mother or not, it was demeaning to refer to somebody as a vessel or an incubator for a child. It is demeaning because this, women have more of a purpose in life than just getting pregnant or just having babies. At that particular moment in time, yes, if you're using a surrogate mother, you are using them, but they're still the biological mother of the child. They're still giving birth to the child. They're still carrying the child for nine months of their life. They're not just somewhere, you know, you just stick it in there and let it cook for a while. That's not what happens. It's not like the mother has nothing better to do. Anyway. Thank you, Trevor, got involved in the show. Don't forget, the show will be available uh, both on video and audio. You can catch the video on our website, nileboylan.com. You can look at all our videos. And by the way, we do a lot of videos that we don't put out or stream live. Um, some of them are exclusive just to the website. If you go to the website, you'll find them there. Remember, if you want to watch any of the videos, all you got to do is register on the website. If you just want to listen to the shows, they're available in the usual places, Spotify, iTunes, everywhere that you might normally download uh, your podcasts. And you can also get them free of charge on our website as well. I always direct everybody to the website because you can get everything there at nileboylan.com. That's nileboylan.com. Yes, if you want to watch the videos, we do charge a fiver a month. It's the price of, well, it's five ninety nine. the price of a pint of beer. Actually, after the budget tomorrow, it'll be a lot less than the price of a pint of beer. Because as we all know, the budget's coming tomorrow, the beer and the cigarettes are probably going to go up. So it is a lot less than the price of a pint of beer. It's like buying me a pint every now and again and just saying, you know, once a month, once every 30 days, thanks very much, Nile, for giving us all an opportunity to say what we want to say. We don't censor anybody on the show. And we all want you to be respectful of each other's views, but we don't censor anybody on the show. So it doesn't matter whether Adam wants to come on and say that or somebody else wants to say something different. That is your opinion. You're entitled to it. We may not all agree with it, but you're entitled to it because this show is your show. It's not my show. You may notice I let people just talk away. All I do is I'm just the referee in the middle somewhere. So I just give everybody an opportunity to say what they want to say. I'll challenge people's views every now and again. Because that's my job, but I'm giving you the opportunity because it's your show. So don't forget, go to our website. It's nileboylan.com and please register and support us. Thank you to everybody who has supported us so far. We really appreciate it. For those who can't afford $5.99 a month, we appreciate it anyway. And you can watch and listen to the show right now free of charge. We don't charge you for watching it or listening to it during the day if you watch it live. 
But the only thing we charge is if you want to watch any of the back episodes of any of the videos or the interviews that we've done, that's all we charge for. You can listen to them for free, by the way. You don't have to pay. So I understand and appreciate if people don't have money. We thank you anyway for supporting the show by just listening. Thank you to everyone, everyone who's involved in the show, by the way. And um, we'll, we'll talk to you again tomorrow at 12. Until then, have a great day. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Podcast. Listen live on Facebook, YouTube, and all the usual live stream services. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text 085-100-2255. The Niall Boylan Podcast. They told me to shut up. Available for download from all your usual platforms. 